0: Well, thank you again for being here today. Uh, This is Radical Church, and my name is Pastor Trevor. My wife, Lindsay, is over there in the back. Everybody say, hey, Lindsay. We have our three-month-old back there, and uh, I think I'm gonna have my pastor come down, Pastor Kevin Fouts from Oklahoma, and come down and dedicate our daughter at some point soon here, so that will be a lot of fun for us. But, uh, man, I just love seeing all your beautiful faces, singing, smiling, having a ton of fun this morning. And I got a word for y'all. Uh, and we're starting a new series today that I cannot wait to get into. I, I really can't wait. And, you know, there's some messages sometimes that I feel like, hey, this is just something you need to know. And, and this is just a message that I feel like is, is, is a now word or something that I feel like it's just, hey, every Christian needs to know this stuff, right? This is good. But then there's some series and some messages that I feel like come straight from the Lord this is one of those series. This is one of those messages, okay? And those are the best kinds. And I'll tell you why in just a minute, but, but I just wanna pray real fast that the Lord would uh, open our ears and open our eyes to what he has for us today. So bow your heads one more time if you wouldn't mind. Father God, I pray that you would open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts to receive a word for us as individuals, for us as a family, and for us corporately as a church, that God, we wouldn't let this word die here today, but that we would take it throughout this week and make a difference in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, how many of y'all have ever been? involved in a building project you built a house before you built a church before you built all kinds of different things Uh, are any of you contractors or anything like that or you've been a part of a building project let me see your hand right now you've been a part of a building project all right i'm gonna get my general contractor for radical church to reach out to every single one of you guys okay I'm serious, you think I'm kidding. You really think I'm kidding, I'm really not. Uh, But you've done a renovation, some kind of construction before, I think a lot of people. And here's a follow-up question to that. Did you get it done ahead of schedule? Raise your hand. (laughs) Stop, you liars, you're a bunch of liars. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, But most of the time, these things do not go ahead of schedule. There's something about these construction projects, man. They just take a while. There's just things that you can't plan for. Things that you didn't know were coming up. And they usually don't ever get done ahead of schedule, except in the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah predicts or it, it depicts, rather, an amazing feat of construction that happens in 52 days. They built an entire wall around a city, There's this massive piece of wall that was broken and fallen apart, and in 52 days, they rebuild this wall. Should it have been able to be done that fast? Absolutely not. If we tried to do it, it wouldn't happen, but God was on their side and it happened in 52 days. And I want to tell you a little bit about the story of Nehemiah over the next seven weeks as we are going through our by faith building campaign now today actually is the first day that we are launching our by faith building campaign i told you about it last week y'all by faith we are taking a step into our new home if you weren't here last week and you didn't know by the way we got a building y'all come on now We just leased our first building so we won't have to be set up and tear down. We'll be able to have youth services on Wednesday nights. We'll be able to have all kinds of events and things for you and your family, community outreach. Y'all, you know, that's a big part of who we are. I'm very, very excited about this. And so that is launching today. And we're gonna look at one of the greatest construction projects that ever happened in the Bible while we are actually raising money and in the middle of our own construction project for our church. I just thought that seemed pretty fitting. So uh, Nehemiah, was the governor and general contractor, essentially, for this amazing construction project. So I'm gonna give you a little bit of history of the book of Nehemiah, if you don't know. And by the way, we're not gonna have the verses on the screen today, because it's just Nehemiah 1. So if you have your Bible, or you get it on your phone, just turn to Nehemiah 1. It's in the Old Testament. Every week, we're gonna go Nehemiah 1, 2, 3, 4. We're gonna go all the way down. And so you can turn there in your Bible, and we'll read actually all of Nehemiah 1 in just a little bit. But the Israelites, God's chosen people, had been defeated by the Babylonians over 100 years before the book of Nehemiah starts. And Ezra and Nehemiah, you'll see they're actually right next to each other in the Bible. They're not super long books, but they're right next to each other. And, and they were actually one book initially, and then they got split into two. So Ezra was in charge of rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem. And they had these like three kind of journeys of, of the exiles that were in Babylonian exile, God's people that had been scattered all over the place. Ezra kind of leads his crew back and they start rebuilding the temple. But then we get to the book of Nehemiah and he's now in charge of building the wall. Now, I was not necessarily planning on doing this series. Remember how I told you just a little bit earlier if you were paying attention that this was a God-ordained series? And let me tell you why. I spent uh, this last week in Oklahoma with my beautiful wife and our two kids. Uh, Seven-hour road trip, normally seven-hour without our kids, turned into about a 12-hour trip. Come on now, we got a three-month-old, amen. Parents, you all know what I'm talking about. And so uh, we spent the last week in Oklahoma hanging out with my pastor uh, and a few other people and one of the things that he said that I thought was very interesting is he said, you know, you guys are about to go into this building project, this building campaign, and it's going to be a lot, but one of the things I think you guys should do uh, and you should think about is preaching about Nehemiah and the 52 days that it took to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. And I was like, man, that's pretty cool. That sounds like a cool idea. I think I would like to do that maybe and so the next morning I wake up and I've had, this, I've had this thought in my head that I thought it'd be really cool that our building campaign uh, of trying to raise $100,000, I didn't know how long to do this, this campaign for. I didn't really know how long to do it. And so I woke up the next morning, and I said, you know what? I wonder how long until our two year anniversary as a church is like today, like right now, the next morning. And I looked it up, y'all know how long it was until our two year anniversary? 52 days on the money. I'm not kidding you. From last Thursday until we turned two years old as a church, it'd be 52 days exactly. And I said, all right, Lord, Nehemiah it is, <laughs> okay? And here we are today. So um, he told me you should preach about the 52 days in the wall. And so we're gonna go through this whole story, but I wanna give you a little bit of background. I wanna read you all of Nehemiah 1. And every single week, it's gonna be something that we are built by. So this week is we are built by prayer. Somebody say prayer. Come on, say prayer like you mean it. Say prayer. Prayer. Come on, we're built by prayer. And if you would turn Nehemiah 1-1, we're gonna start there. We're just gonna go right on through it. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, now it happened in the month of Kislev in the 20th year, as I was in Susa the citadel, that Hanani, one of my brothers, listen, there's a lot of words really hard to pronounce. Just keep going, guys. It's all right, we'll get there. Came with certain men from Judah, Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me, keep my commandments and do them. Though your outcasts are in the uttermost parts of heaven, from there I will gather them and bring them to a place that I have chosen to make my name dwell there. They are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by your great power and your strong hand. O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant, to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today. And grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now I was cupbearer to the king. What a cool way to start a book, right? Like the very ending, it's almost like the beginning of a movie, right? And how I was cupbearer to the king. We're about to start Lord of the Rings, like part 12. You know what I mean? Like, and and the heathen said, amen, right? Come on. Uh, So this is how Nehemiah starts this story of his talking about this journey of him going back to build the wall in Jerusalem. He's serving in the Persian empire as a cupbearer to the king. And Hananiah's, Nehemiah's brother, returns to Persia from Judah. And Nehemiah just straight up asked his brother, he said, hey man, how are the Israelites doing? Like, how's everybody doing? They doing all right? Everybody good? How's the fam? How's the city? Everything great? You liking it out there? And he said, actually, uh, brother, no, it's not that great. We're in trouble. And they're in great disgrace. And the wall of Jerusalem is broken down. Its gates have been burned by fire. That's in verse three. Now, listen, let me tell you why this is a huge problem, okay? This is a big deal because the walls of a city, especially in ancient times, these walls of these major cities were very large and were very important to the safety of the residents that were there, right? They were very important. If you did not have a wall, you were getting conquered, okay? Okay. This was not a good thing to not have a wall that was functioning, but also it it does a few more things, which is very unfortunate, is that it reflects really bad on the people that live there. I mean, if you go into a place and it's kind of unkept and things are broken and all that kind of stuff, it's a little embarrassing, right? It It doesn't look good on you. It doesn't reflect good on your family or maybe on your town or something like that. If things are just broken and falling apart everywhere, it just doesn't reflect very well on the city itself. But then also, and more importantly, I think this is why Nehemiah was most upset, as a matter of fact, is that it reflects bad on their God. It reflects bad on the God of Jacob, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God that made everything in the universe, the most creative being in the entire universe, and yet we have a broken down wall for his holy city? That's ridiculous. Nehemiah's upset about this. It's a huge, huge problem. And so that's why he's upset. And he starts his period of mourning and fasting and prays for several days. Now, if you look at the actual time frame of what that is, it says that it was in a certain month and I'm not gonna get into it too deep, but then it says when he actually goes to the king, it's another month. It would have been about three, four months later. So he doesn't pray for a day or two. This dude goes into mourning, fasting and prayer for months about this. He is heartbroken about this. And this is why today's message is called built by prayer. Built by prayer. Somebody say prayer one more time. Prayer. Nehemiah's first response to this awful news is how we should respond anytime that we get awful news. And what is that first response? It is to pray. Nehemiah 1.4, you see that. He does not go tell others. He does not go to his counselor. He does not go to a psychiatrist. He doesn't go to a podcast. He doesn't go to a book. He doesn't go to his family, to his friends, to his trusted advisors and mentors and all these people. All those things are great, right? And I have nothing against those things, but who should we go to first when we hear something bad, we have some bad news in our lives, we should take it to God, amen? Come on, because God is a God of the impossible and he is the one that's gonna be able to solve our problems. We think that we know the way and we think that we can solve all our own problems. We think, oh, well, you are really intelligent, so you could probably help me with this problem. You seriously think that your counselor friend is more intelligent than the God of the universe? Come on, guys, for real? Take it to God first. That's where we go. When we go through difficulties, prayer should be our first response and never our last resort. And yes, so many times that's what we do, y'all. We go to every other option until we're so desperate that we feel like, oh, well, I got to go to God now. I've tried everything else. Well, maybe we should flip that around, amen? Why don't you try God first and then most of the time he'll take care of it and the people around you wouldn't even know there was a problem to begin with. Why? Because you have peace within you, because you know my God is able to do abundantly more, exceedingly more than I can ask, think, or imagine. He will take care of the situation in my life. Amen? That's the confidence that we can have in our God. He prayed, fasted, and mourned. And listen, uh, when you're going through a hard time, that should be your first response. But I think that we also have a problem on the other side of that. When we're in the valley, sometimes it's a little bit easier. Some of us know to go to God when we're in the valley. But I think a lot of us forget to go to God when we're on the mountaintop too. It should also be our first response. When God is good and he gives you good gifts and he gives you blessings and life is going well and you got that job, you got that degree, you got uh, you know this family, this, these beautiful families up here with these kids and everything's good. They slept through the night. Tegan slept 10 hours the other night, y'all. She is three months old. And I, do you think I praise God for that? You better believe I did. Come on, amen. But we gotta praise God in the mountaintops as well. So then the next thing, what does he do? Nehemiah then enters a season of seeking God through prayer, fasting, and mourning. He says that for some days I mourned and fasted, prayed before the God of heaven. Listen, this was a persevering kind of prayer. I preached on this a few weeks ago and we actually called our church to 10 days of prayer and fasting. Why did we do 10 days? We were believing for God to baptize many of us in the Holy Spirit in fire. And I'm not gonna get into what that is right now, but it's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to live our lives as a witness for Jesus. That's all it is, amen? And so we were believing for God to do that. We are believing for God to do miracles in this place, to see healings flow in this place, to see amazing cool things that God can do in our lives individually and as a church. And when Jesus was resurrected, he said, stay in Jerusalem and wait, right? Don't go anywhere wait until you receive the Holy Spirit. And they prayed for 10 days. And I said, you know what? I think that we as a church can do at least what the disciples did, right? We can pray for 10 days. We can fast for 10 days and and believe for God to do miracles within our church. And that's exactly when it ended up happening. Y'all, we have to have a persevering prayer, not a prayer that you pray once and you say, all right, God, it's in your hands now. Sometimes you have to keep praying and keep praying and keep praying. And God wants to see that you're gonna be faithful to him as he is faithful to you, amen? God is not a microwave God. We want him to just fix our problems. And and God, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you fixing this? What in the world's going on? And he's like, man, you ain't been faithful to me. Listen, like, I ain't just gonna do stuff for you. Uh, you don't even have a relationship with me. I don't even know who you are. Bible says at the end of days, people are gonna think that they have this relationship with the Lord. He's gonna, and he's gonna say, away from me. I don't, I don't even know you. I never wanna be that Christian, right? I never wanna be that person that doesn't even really have a relationship with the Lord, but is asking for things all the time. Like, you know, it's a to-do list or a honey-do list for Jesus, right? That's not how this thing works. It is a relationship that we have in persevering prayer. So then the next thing that you see in Nehemiah 1.6, if you look there, it says that he confessed his sins and the sins of his people. He said, hey, Lord, I know that we sinned. I know we messed up. That's why we're here. That's why we're in Babylon in the first place. I get that. And as a matter of fact, Lord, My family and my immediate family and me, I've sinned and we've gone against you. We haven't been the best at keeping all of your commands and all this stuff during our exile even. And and so this is a really big problem. But a lot of times I think we have a problem with the word confession. We don't like that word. Confession sounds bad. You think confession, you think that you're sitting across from good cop, bad cop, right? And you're sitting across from them they're trying to get you to confess. Confess to it, just say it. And you're like, yeah, you know, I don't want to do that. Or you feel bad or guilty and all this stuff. And we think of this as a bad word. It, but it, or a lot of times, to be honest, we think it's just something that Catholics do, right? Come on, I know we have a lot of people that came uh, out of a Catholic background, many, many people. And we think, oh, that's something that they do. Listen, that's something that we all do all Christians should confess our sins before God and man. Why? Because the Bible says, confess your sins to one another so that you may be what? Healed. And what is that word It's Sozo? It means healed, set free, delivered, saved. It means all of those things. When you confess your sins before God and before someone else and before man, it lifts this thing off of your shoulders. And now you're able to be made right with God again. You're in good standing with the Lord. It's not like you ever weren't, but listen, you're saying, God, I'm coming before you right now. I know I have sin in my heart. I gotta get right before you right now. God, would you forgive me in my sins? And, and aren't you grateful for the grace of God that when you confess and you repent from your sin and you turn to God, he's gonna forgive you, amen? That's the best part about the grace of God that I know, man, I'm gonna mess up sometimes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stink it up a little bit. I'm gonna miss the mark. That's what sin means. I'm gonna miss the mark every once in a while but I know God's gonna bring me right back into the fold when I confess my sin to him. So confession is simply just going to God, recognizing your failure, and then recognizing his goodness. Recognizing my failure that I am not adequate by myself and recognizing that with God in me, all things are possible. Isn't that good news? Come on, somebody say amen. The next thing that Nehemiah does as he recalls the character and promises of God. I think that's a great practice for us to do in our everyday lives. When we're going through something or we're just in everyday life, just reminding ourselves of who God is, it's a great thing to do. Nehemiah uh, 1.5 and then verses eight through 10, really eight through 10, you can kind of see that, but what is he doing, I'll summarize I'll it for you, okay? He says, God, you're awesome. God, you are faithful. And then here's these promises that you've given us as a people. Here's these promises that you've given me and my family. And God, would you make good on these promises? and he's believing that God is gonna make good. Why? Because God's word never fails, amen? If he spoke it, it's happening, okay? And so it never fails. When you're down, depressed, and distressed, when your circumstances feel dark, you have to remember how amazing God's love is for you and his faithfulness towards you. Come on, how many of y'all, God's been good to you at some point in your life? Let me see your hands, amen? God's been good to me. He's been good to you, he's been good to us. And we gotta remember that and we gotta call that out. We say, God, thank you for being faithful. Thank you that your promises are yes and amen. What does that mean? It means that it is yes and amen means it is done. It is happening, right? Thank you, God, that you've been good, that you love me, that you care for me. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. You just start talking about how good God is and somehow the situation you're in starts to feel less bad, right? Somehow that dark uh, problem that you're facing with doesn't seem so big anymore because you know that you have that God on your side. Come on, you gotta get in the word and know what it says about God. Our lives have to be built on prayer. Everything starts with prayer. Nehemiah did not do anything until he prayed. And I think that is a very, very important point to make. Listen, he did not go to the king. He did not start drawing up blueprints He didn't get bids for subcontractors, come on now. He wasn't taking donations and gifts or anything, which eventually we'll get to, that happened. A lot of gifts were given uh, to the people for building up the wall and, and for renovating and all this stuff. He didn't do anything. He didn't go to the king first to ask for permission. You know who he went to first? The king of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of heaven. He went to him first because he knew that if he went to him first, that when he went to the king, the king, when he went to this king right here to ask for permission to go, he was gonna have God on his side and have favor with this king in front of him. So uh, he didn't do anything before he prayed. And this is the first thing that I wanna do as a church. As we officially kick off our building campaign. If I could have Sadie go ahead and come on up. We're going to, we're going to pray some prayers to God today to ask for favor over our families, but also over our church as we enter this new season. The first thing we do, we're going to pray before we spend any money on this building, before the blueprints are made, which we're working on it. But before this is done, before we hire out all of our subcontractors, before anyone gives anything to this this building campaign. I wanna make sure that we do the right thing, the same thing that Nehemiah did, and we pray first, amen? Because without God's blessing on this project, it's never gonna happen. We're trying to raise $100,000 in two months, guys. Is it possible? By faith, yes. Can we do it? Absolutely. Come on, y'all. Can we do it? Yes. I know we can, but I'm never going to try to do something outside of the will of God and without the blessing of God first. And so what I want you to do in this place today is I'd like you to go ahead and take a uh, stand if you can. Listen, I intentionally preached a little bit shorter today, okay? because I wanted to give us time, and I actually made good on that today. I've said, y'all, I got a 20-minute message for you today. We, hey, I gotta call them out, man, I'm gonna do it. We got uh, Trustin and Rachel Baba in the house. They're pastors of a great church in Mansfield called Moore Church. Would you give them a hand? They surprised me this morning. They're on vacation. They got a, they got our ad for Radical Church this morning. Thank you. I do marketing, if you didn't know that, I have made it, so. And, uh, and so that's how they they were like, oh my gosh, Trevor's here. Like, let's go, let's go to church. And I love that, the, first off, I love that you're going to church on vacation. That's amazing. Come on, if you go on vacation this summer, find a great church if you're there on a Sunday, on a Wednesday night, and just go and worship God. It's it's an amazing experience to get out of the normal, uh, radical church life and to see other people and worship with other people. It just shows the body of Christ. It's amazing. So, um, but, but, but they've been through a lot of this stuff before and they're currently going through some of this. So it's kind of cool that they're here today. And, So I said that I wanted to preach short and the reason why I said that is because I wanna take a second for us to pray over our new campaign, over the By Faith Building campaign. trying to raise $100,000. I believe we can do it in two months. We're trying to build our building and finish it before Christmas. I believe we can do it. But I also wanna take a second and, and I wanna focus on another thing too, which is you personally. Last week I preached about Walking by faith. What does walking by faith really mean? It's not just believing that God is real. That's the first step. But most people think that faith is, oh, I have faith. I believe that God is real. And that's all they go. That's it. That's just the first step. Faith is believing that God is good. Faith is believing that God is good even in the hard times. Faith is believing that his promises will come to pass, that he's faithful, that when you're out in the wilderness walking around for 40 years like Moses, that trusting that God has a plan. I might He might tell me to turn around and that pillar of fire is going this way now. And I'm like, God, didn't we just come from there? All the Israelites are grumbling. And Moses says, you know what? I don't care because I have faith. I believe that God is leading us. Even if we're turning all million of us, two million of us back around, we're going to walk that way. You know what? I don't need to have the answers. I have faith. I trust God in this moment and in the next moment and the next moment that he's going to be faithful every single time. And so I want you to pray over yourself and over your family as well. Maybe some of you are about to take a big step of faith in your own life, and I encouraged you last week to do that. I said, take a step, y'all. You might not know the, the end result. You're never gonna feel qualified when God calls you to walk by faith. You're never gonna know the way when God calls you to walk by faith. But you know what you can do? Is you can obey in steps. I say, you know what, God reveals this next step to me. All right, Father, we're taking a step. The next step, he reveals it to me. I'm gonna take that step. And if you don't even know where you're headed, you don't even know the end result, it doesn't matter because you just have to have faith and trust that God is getting you to where you need to go, amen? So I want you to pray over your own family. Maybe some of you after last week are really considering starting that business. Have you prayed about it yet? Well, today you will. Maybe you've considered moving. We had a family, we just helped them move yesterday, about 10 of us from the church. They've been faithful to Radical Church pretty much since day one, and they moved down to Cibolo near San Antonio, and we're not gonna see them anymore. And it's really sad, and our, our son really gets along with one of their kids and everything, and this was a big step for them to take, and that was their last Sunday was last week, right? And they said, you know, we were really kind of nervous, and there was a lot of anxiety, maybe a little bit, we're excited, but we're nervous about what's going on. And but after your message last week, we're really excited to take this next step as a family. So what does that look like for you? What does that look like in your life? I want you to pray into that. And I wanna take just a moment to pray over the building and then pray over you individually. So let's start praying as a church together for our by faith building campaign. That this is not just gonna be a place that we have church y'all. It's not just a place that's four walls and we can get comfortable now that we have our own place. Y'all, we've never been about that here at Radical Church. We're about the community. We're about having radical faith. That we're always moving forward. We're not believing God for little things. What does radical faith mean? Radical faith means that we believe God for big things. That this building that we're leasing is just a step to get us to the promised land. Y'all, we're going to have our own land one day. We're going to have our own building one day. And are we going to be comfortable then? No, we're still going to be growing and working and seeing people saved, healed, delivered, set free, addictions broken, marriages healed. Come on. People saved, healed, delivered. This is what we're doing here y'all it's not just for us the church isn't just for you I hate to break it to some of y'all it's not so we can get our ears tickled and then go on sinning the rest of the week it's so that we can be changed from the inside out so that we can be a witness for Jesus on the outside of these walls amen that's what it's about making a difference in the community and worldwide with missions and all this stuff. And this building is just one new avenue that we're gonna be able to use for God to use with us to bless our community and to bless you and your family, to bless others around us, amen? That's what it's about. So I want you to take a second and listen. Nehemiah prayed for months. Some of you are uncomfortable praying out loud, okay? I wanna break that off of you right now. All right, there will be a bunch of people praying out loud around you, okay? I promise they're Probably, I'll be the loudest one in the room, okay? But I want you to open your mouth and would you just ask God's favor and blessing as today we kick off the By Faith Building campaign? And would you ask God's blessing over this facility? I already see it now, youth students getting saved on Wednesday nights, their lives are forever changed. Their parents come to church. That's already happened. We had two Two young ladies that came almost a year and a half ago now. They didn't really believe in God. We took 11 students to camp, to the North Texas camp. We didn't even have a youth group. We took 11 students, every single one of them got saved. Took them back to camp this summer. Most of them filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And now two of them are campus missionaries at their high school. Isn't that incredible? And two of those girls, now their aunt is coming to church and she was just like, I'm just coming to hang out. Like I was just coming to hang out with my nieces. And now she's experiencing something different. And she got, she went through growth track this last week and now she's getting ready to be a member and get involved. And like people that got saved here in this building, you don't know their stories, but I do. And I see so many people out here that need Jesus. You have friends and family that need Jesus, amen. Would you pray at this building and this opportunity and for a time such as this, that God is going to bring people to this church that will provide hope and healing and deliverance for them. Can we pray together? Come on, bow your heads, lift your hands, whatever you wanna do, and let's pray together. Father God, I ask you right now, we lift our voice to you, God. Why? Because you're worthy, because you're holy, Lord. And we're taking a step of faith today. We're starting this new campaign, Lord. We're starting something different. We never done this before, but God, we don't know the way. We don't know how we're gonna get there, but God, we know that this is what you've called us to do. We know that as a church, we're taking a step by faith. And as we step out by faith, you will meet us and you will put the rock underneath our feet every time we take a step, Lord Jesus. God, we ask Jesus that you would build your church. You said that you would. The gates of hell would not prevail against it. God, it has nothing to do with how good I preach, how good our worship is, how friendly our people are, how great the coffee is. If the presence of God is not in our services, God, would you cancel it? Cancel us. I don't even want to be a part of it, God. We need your presence to mark every service that we have, so that people can feel the presence of God, feel the Holy Spirit drawing them in into something different that they've never felt before. God, would you save people in this new building? Come on. God, would you set free people? Addictions are broken in the name of Jesus. Chains and generational curses, all these things are broken off in the name of Jesus. That relationships with kids and parents would grow and be strong. That children would be saved and baptized in the name of Jesus. just these three kids that were up here today, God, there's a representation of so many children that are out there that don't know you. God, would you draw them to the house of God, that they would get saved and be a witness in their schools, in their workplaces, to their parents. Lord, would you just do an amazing work as we start this new campaign. God, we don't know the way. We don't feel qualified. We ain't never done this before. But God, we know this is what you're calling us to. And we know that you're faithful. We know that you're good. Come on, just like Nehemiah, would you just lift up the praises of God? Like, just tell him how good he is for a minute. Stop asking. We don't need to ask about money. We don't need to ask about a building. We don't gotta ask about anything. Just tell God how good he is in this place because that's what we really need to start with. God, you are worthy. You are holy, God. Come on, lift your voice. Worthy, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you've brought us as far as you have. Lord, that you started this church in 2020 when everybody said it was stupid to start a church. So many of my friends didn't make it, but God, we are still here and we're still thriving. We're still growing. We're still seeing people saved every single week and that's what it's about, Lord Jesus. I thank you so much that you've given us the grace to keep going. Thank you, God, that you're in this place, that you're with us, you're leading us by your Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. You're good. You're worthy, Lord. Now I want you to turn your attention to your family. I need you to grab your spouse's hand. If you have a kid with you, I need to. I need you to grab their hand or put an arm around somebody that's close to you. And listen, I want you to turn to them and I want you to speak in boldness. Why? The Holy Spirit gives you boldness. Holy Spirit gives you boldness to speak out. Maybe you. Maybe you don't really pray with your spouse very much. Listen, you're going to practice right now. Okay. You don't pray with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your kids, or anything like that. Listen, one of the greatest things that you can do for your family is to pray with them. So pray over them right now and ask that if there's a step of faith that you know they need to take or a step of faith that you're about to take as a family, would you just pray into that right now and ask God's favor over that. I'm going to get off the mic for a second, let you guys pray together as a family, and then I will close us out in just a few minutes. Come on, pray together. Lift up your voice. Father God, thank you. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for going have a persevering prayer today. Pray through it, not at it. We're praying to God that he would move. That step that you're taking, it's not too big when God is on your side. That family situation that you're going through that's so tough right now. Man, I pray that God would heal that thing right now in the name of Jesus. Satan, you have no hold over our families. You have no power over us, but Holy Spirit, would you move? in a powerful way over each and every one of our families. God, for that job that needs to be had, Lord, I call that out right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. Well, we might not feel qualified, we might be underqualified, but Lord, you qualify the called. And so Lord Jesus, would you help us bring provision, bring healing in this place for somebody that needs a healing touch over their body, God. Would you heal them right now in this place? That big step of faith that seems too big, God will remind us that nothing is impossible for you. God, I thank you for my wife, my son, and my daughter. I thank you for these people, for this church family, our extended family. Would you put your hand over them, God? Would you help them and give them courage and boldness to step out in faith and whatever it is that they need to, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. you're worthy yes you're worthy oh you're worthy come on would you sing it's your breath come on sing it out it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise Pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you, God. We worship you, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs, so we. Lungs. So we pour out, out come on breath, worship and tell him how good he is. Pour out our breath. It's your breath, breath in our lungs, lungs. So we pour out our praise to you. One more time, one more time. It's your breath in our lungs. Over our families, God. We pour out our prayer. Over our city, Lord. God in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. God you are good God you are holy and we're just so grateful for what you're doing in us personally in our families we're taking that step of faith whatever that looks like for us and God I thank you that you're leading us and guiding us as a church to take a step of faith in this new season Lord would you bless this new adventure that we're going on well, we don't know the way we don't know how it's going to happen but we know it's going to happen because you said it would for every family here would you bless them would you give them grace in their lives would you give them mercy and shower your love over them everybody watching online at home wherever you're at right now i just pray that you feel the presence of god whether you're on the road you're sitting in your pjs come on i just pray that god would just touch you wherever you're at right now that healing would flow in this place and miracles would flow in this place as they already have in the past. God, would you do it again? We thank you. It's your name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Amen. Come on, give a hand clap for the Lord today. Hey, I have a great announcement for you guys. I did want to let you know about uh, just quickly. We're starting the By Faith Building campaign today. Like I said, I don't particularly like talking about this kind of stuff. I'm not somebody that just like, likes to talk about money all the time. I always say this and you guys know, we give because he gave. he gave. Jesus gave everything that he had for you and for me. And so that's why we give, that's why we're generous. And so, um, but when I was in Oklahoma, there's somebody that heard about this. I was at my home church that I was at for five years. You know, I'm from Kyle, but I was there for five years and, and this person felt, led to give the first $10,000 to our building campaign. Come on, can you put your hands together for God's goodness? So we're already starting at 10%, which I like that. It's our, we already got the tithe taken care of, okay, guys? And now we have the rest of the 90 to take care of. Listen, what I want you to do when you leave today, I'm going to ask this of you, if you don't mind, is to pray the same way we just did about what maybe God would have you to give towards this. Ask the Lord, seriously. He'll tell you. And don't be afraid, listen, because if he gives you a number that seems too big, listen, if God leads you to it, he's gonna get you through it. He's gonna provide for you, okay? And he's gonna provide for us, he's gonna provide for you. So listen, ask God throughout this week, or maybe even today, God's already put something in your heart that you know that you need to give. Don't disobey God by not taking that step. We're taking a step together today, but it's gonna take every single one of us. It doesn't take, I'm just gonna be honest, real honest it would be real easy to just go to a few people with real deep pockets and make this thing happen. But I would rather not do that because I want every single one of us to be able to say, hey, that chair, I paid for that thing. That wall right there, that kid's classroom, you know, that little rocker back there, we paid for that thing. You know what I mean? Like we all need to be in this together. And as you will see over the next few weeks in the book of Nehemiah, it took everyone. It wasn't just builders, it was priests. It was Levites. It was the worship team. You seriously think Pastor Tim's gonna go paint? You better believe he is. <laughs> it's gonna take every single one of us to make this thing happen. So I would ask that you would go home today and, and, and ask what that is. You could do it online. You could do it right here today with cash or check. I don't know what that looks like for you. And then I would ask too, if there's anybody in this place that, hey, you would say, I have a skill or I'm a tradesperson or I have abilities and, and I can actually help with this project in a big way listen God how many of you know that God's given you talents gifts and abilities not just to be used in the marketplace but in the church amen so if you're a tradesperson or you know somebody that would be willing to help with this project um, Scott Lansing where are you at my man this is Scott Lansing I say hey Scott Scott is our contractor for the project. He just so happens that's what he does for a living, right? And so uh, he graciously is helping us with this and he is um, um, even donating some of his services to us, which is a great way to help. And I'm so grateful. What I want you to do is if you are a tradesperson in this place, talk to Scott Lansing before you leave today or anytime in the next few weeks. We'd love to get you involved and have you be a part of this project. So let me pray one more time and I'll, I'll bless us as you go. Father God, I thank you for every person in this place today. Thank you that you've called us to this new season of faith and stepping out into the unknown. I think it's great when you call us into the unknown because it just gives more opportunity for us to give you glory when it happens the same way that you told us it would. It has nothing to do with us or how good we are. It has everything to do with how good you are. And so, Father, I thank you for every person here. Would you bless them, give them financial favor, give them favor with their family, with their friends, with their job, with their bosses, in school, and wherever it is, with their kids. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would just strengthen relationships, strengthen marriages in this place, and we would go out encouraged and on mission, ready to be the hope of Christ in our world. In Jesus' name, come on, say amen. amen. Hey, God bless you. Thank you so much for being here today. We love you guys so much.